Hi, my name is Russell, and I'm pretty sure I have one of the greatest jobs in the world. I work at the video store, the one that's just down the road from you that you can go to once a week whenever it's movie night. Why I love this job is because when the store is quiet, I get to watch movies and series and talk about them with my friends that work here. Today on the show, I do a shift with Cole and Graham. It was lovely to catch up with those guys. We, as you'll see, spoke just after we did one of our Video Store Presents nights, and it was great to start thinking about the next one, all of which will be uh, advertised on thebioscope.co.za. But yeah, great chat, nice short, quick one, and as we are doing more and more episodes with uh, interesting guests that are popping in to rent something, we wanted to still do these co-worker episodes, and if anything, they're, they're a bit more of a focused chat on the kind of thing we want to have at the, at the core of the video store, which is talking about TV shows and films and, and what you could be watching out there in, on, on streaming platforms and out in cinemas in, in South Africa specifically. And when we have these interesting guests, obviously we, we, we tend to chat a little bit more about them or what's going on in their life. And so we, we derail from the, the general chat. So it's nice to bring back these kinds of chats and when we've got a surplus of episodes which is what we are currently dealing with now in in December we are going to do two episodes a week which is going to happen every now and again so the guest episode might be on the Tuesday and then it looks like we'll do these uh, co-worker episodes later in the week ideally on a Thursday just so you know but wherever we can we'll do the two otherwise we'll stick to the one we're just going to do um what uh, we can with the episodes that we have. We obviously don't want to keep episodes for too long because what we're talking about can can get a bit outdated. So, yeah, without further ado, this is me doing a shift with Cole and Graham. Did you see that thing yesterday on the TV? How's it? Good. Good morning. How things? They're okay. Yeah. Just okay? Yeah. Yeah. Usually you're like, no complaints. Yeah, I, I, I think, think I normally need to get out of the habits. Yeah. yeah. It's just, a, <laughs> I, I can complain, but I choose not to. Yeah. You know, well, like, that's good. You know? But why are you just okay? I don't know. Maybe it's just a slow start to the week, I think. Okay. Mm. Possibly. All right. Yeah. Well, just to talk a little bit about our past weekend, mm. we all got together in this very room. Mm. We are recording this inside the Bioscope, the cinema, where on Friday evening we did another one of our video store presents nights. And we presented the film Faster Pussycat Kill Kill, which I'm very glad we did. Same. Yeah. So the point of it was that we want to use these nights as a chance to curate films, watch films that we've always wanted to watch, or celebrate the films we know and love. But basically try and connect with people in real life because mm. we come in here once a week we record we're getting great feedback from people but it is nice to have an event it's nice to have people discover the podcast discover great movies through the podcast and for us to use the space that we have which is a, a cinema mm. that also yeah. is doing the same thing as the podcast trying to give somebody like a suggestion on what they could be watching and curating yeah so, this film was made in the 60s. Like 70s. 70s? Mm. Was it? 60s. I don't know. Oh, God. Okay. 
clear up the date. Yeah. But it was black and white, and it was part of this kind of sexploitation grindhouse era where they were just pumping out these films. And little did they know that this film would go on to be as as cult famous as it yeah. was. And I must say, I, I, it obviously, its links to someone like Tarantino is probably what's kept it relevant because it's got um, a film like... Um, Death Proof. Death Proof, yeah. written all over it. Totally. And the way that they spoke to each other was a little dated, but <laughs> it was in line with the kind of quirky dialogue you see in a Tarantino film. Totally. And not to give much away, but in a Tarantino-esque ending, everyone dies. <laughs> Almost everyone dies, <laughs> yeah. which is awesome. And in a weird kind of, uh, yeah, quite a, a ridiculous way. Mm. Yes. And I think um, it couldn't have been much longer because any bit longer might have made it a bit tedious. But it was right. just over an hour. It's one hour, 20 minutes. And it was just lovely. It was awesome. I remember the dialogue thinking that it was painfully colloquial. It was It was just so 70s. That uh, one blonde woman kept 1965, on 1965, by the way. Oh, 65. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way off the mark. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I was pinning it at 60s because yeah, I remember writing it out. Well done. Uh, right. um, but the one blonde woman kept on saying, this is a gas. Yeah. <laughs> As a way of saying, like, this is great. You know? Yeah. <laughs> go, what is that? And it's so crazy to think that those women are... Um, are very old and frail now. <laughs> yeah, dead actually. Or dead. Yeah, I He's looked dead. up uh, the main, the main actress, the Asian woman, okay. and the blonde. I'm not sure about the Italian slash Russian. I couldn't really pin that down. Yeah. I, I think she decided that morning what she was going to be. <laughs> and then her forgot accent, it the next day. Her accent wasn't amazing. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't great. But it was um, cool. I was reading a Roger Ebert review on mm. it, and John Waters says we must get the exact quotes in the cash up. Uh, says that this is the greatest film ever made and possibly the greatest film that will ever be made. Ooh, and it's responsible for John Walters existing. Uh, it's like it's there's a direct lineage from Faster Pussycat Kill Kill to John Walters, who's like a queer cinema icon. Yeah, nice. Walters did uh, Pink Flamingos and all of that. Yes, and mm. Hairspray, the original uh, at least. Yeah. yeah. But but the Pink Flamingos. Yeah. I mean, okay, so his his movies... Yeah, Whew, that is that's that, a that's a wormhole hectic. to go down. Um, he he was a filmmaker, you know, as you said, that was presenting this kind of queer transgender cinema right at the early sort of incarnation of it, um, but in a very whew, like it's intense. It's, eh? it's very crass, very crass, very very um, vulgar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's not difficult. It's, it's not easy stuff to watch. It's completely mm. rebellious. It's yeah. completely anti-establishment in that way. Right. It, it falls into the category of the kind of films that were made at an era in cinema a long time ago that could never be made now. I think it was also. I don't know how this stuff aligns. I actually need to do my research into it. But how the Hayes Code played a role in stifling, at least like the other and queerness in cinema for the longest uh, time during the golden age of Hollywood. What's yeah. the Hayes Code? So the Hayes Code was basically a rule of, like a code of conduct or ethics around cinema making in Hollywood. Okay. It was so, very so much like a legislative all, thing. So these were all the films that, that were being experimented with before somebody, some group got together and was like, okay, we need oh, no, to police I know, the this. Hayes Code comes first. 
So it's like, I don't know when it was. It might have been like early 30s or something. Oh, is it that early? Yeah. Okay. Because I, I thought it was when... very inspired by communism. That was must, must have been like a totally different, mm. it was a similar like code of conduct in Hollywood yes. during the Cold War that was like, exactly no Russians. Yeah. It yeah. was a, um, it was the kind of thing like where they would say no sexual deviancy. Okay. No deviance images. And it wouldn't explicitly say homosexuality, for example. Yeah. Um, right. But it would definitely imply that based yeah. on Ameri- America's like collective value system back in that time. And I think like John Waters wouldn't have been able to make something like that if the Hays Code was still a thing. But then that's why people talk about queer representation um, in cinema as being a thing of, oh, like this wasn't literally wasn't allowed to be made for a good number of years in the golden age of Hollywood. Mm. And then okay. I think so also... First and then when it started being questioned or dismantled... Exactly. ...that these kinds of films came it's in. It's like the, um, the, the Hollywood New Age with um, Easy Rider. Yeah, mm. I was about to say, because yeah. it didn't... Okay, yeah. okay. And then so things the, started to be dismantled and, okay, and then guys a new were, kind were of American it. cinema was made. Yeah, here it's a, yeah, like established in 1934. Mm. Self-imposed industry set of guidelines between 1934 and 1968. Okay, now that makes mm. some sense that then it started getting questioned. Yeah. Because I'll never forget being at this really big, established Rolling Stones exhibition in New York. It was lovely. And, and you went through the early ages and then you went through all facets of it. It was, a, it was an exhibition concept that I think they could roll out for other people. Mm. So for something like the Rolling Stones, they looked at the album covers. The, then there was another section dedicated to the music videos, dedicated right. to the set designs of the stages but there was one section dedicated to the films of the rolling stones Mm. and there was one film that was all about their 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 north american tour right and in the footage that you see in this exhibition are the rolling stones on a plane surrounded by naked chicks doing cocaine off their naked bodies wild wild and that was what made the film and there's a quote from the filmmaker going there is so much that i could not put in this movie Jeez, that could never really? be. The, that could never be in this movie. What? And you're like, if that That's made what's it, in it, yeah. But imagine like a One Direction being like, here's our yeah. f- film, because they were on a par with that. It's like, this, yeah, they in were terms the, of their fame. Okay, maybe someone a little more deviant than than One Direction, but like they were the, one of the most popular bands in the world. Yeah, and they were like, here's a film. <laughs> this yeah. is what we. This is what we did on the flight over, <laughs> and it just shows you that like. Yeah, there was this weird gap. So same with when um, the famous porn movie came out, Deep Throat. That people were like, this was an exciting time for sexual liberation to have these kinds of movies. And then then it got sort of censored again. But Mm. it sort of came out in in this little pocket where perhaps around this time. Yeah, it's like the free love movement, maybe the civil rights movements of the Mm. 60s in America. And then like edging on towards the Reagan era, like around censorship and all that stuff that happened there. Yeah, and that there are these pockets of when it was okay to make this kind of movie and it could fly, and mm. then years later it could just never happen. Wild. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah. we were talking earlier about Triangle of Sadness, which is a film all of us would like to watch. Yeah. None mm. of us have seen, but a few people around me have seen it and have asked mm. whether I've seen it or I've seen Same. a post about it. and So it's, it's like a film that's got a nice little buzz underneath it. Yeah. Oh, that's like always the, so exciting. Yeah, <laughs> and, and they, they, what this kind of film is, you can start seeing it more and more, it's a, it's a can film. It's, so it's, a, it's an art house 
film, yeah. but it's not a typical art house film. It's probably made by the looks of things a bit more um, accessible mm. and, and fun and outrageous mm. um, and a bit daring. Uh, it's 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 not a formula. It's not a Hollywood formula for mm. yeah. We'll post the trailer on the Facebook group, but it starts with the most incredible shots of these shirtless male models, and then the photographers saying to them, "Okay, cool. I want you to give me Balenciaga," and they get all like serious, <laughs> and then he goes H and M, and they get all like happy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's Balenciaga, yeah. and they switch back. It's hilarious. <laughs> I'm just like, what does this have to do with the yachts? Yeah. In the film. Yeah. So back of the box, it's about. Um, a bunch of rich folk on a yacht who the yacht crashes and then they've all got to survive on like an mm. island. Yeah, it's but like it's a, the mixture of the people working on the boats and surviving with these multi-billionaires. But a lovely commentary on what it means to be a billionaire today. Mm. And so it's a lovely sort of Or oh, it feels like that class. intersection is really great with what's going on. Like with our awareness of billionaires and yeah. you know, Jeff yeah. Bezos and Elon Musk. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That's, interesting. that's cool because it feels like it's it's a continuation of what's happening with something like Parasite and movies like that becoming far more popular. Yeah. You know, Jordan Peele did it with us, mm. and then Parasite did it better. IMO, sorry, um, <laughs> with this discussion of class systems yeah. in society, which I just watched for the first time last night. What? It's come up before that Finally, I haven't seen it. I know, yeah. but I'm so excited. And why, <sighs> I wish I was there. What you only watched Parasite for the first time? Yeah, I just haven't yeah. gotten around to okay, seeing it. Okay, okay, cool. Now the conversation has to go towards what Graham thought of Parasite because I respect this man's opinion on movies. We agree and disagree on a lot of things. Um, I need to watch it again. Okay. I was going to say I'm conflicted. I'm not conflicted. I know it's really freaking good, but I don't know. It's not that I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know how it made me feel. Yeah, okay. that makes some sense. That right. does make sense. There's a lot like going I, on. Exactly. I, I, like, I, haven't, I don't know quite how to process that movie yet. It's like watching a Kubrick for the first time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So exactly that, yeah, like. but that's also what's interesting is that it makes it sticks with you and you have to think about it. Yeah. That's Bong Jin Ho, baby. There's right? nothing, you know, we've mm. we've mentioned this before, but I'll mention it again. What I perceive as being one of the best ways of rating a film or a TV show or whatever experience is are you different yeah. um uh, afterwards from what you came in? It was this was this came from Leon van Nierup, who's a mm. A South African film critic, and he gave a lecture. I interviewed at, him at, for my thesis at After, which is weird. He'd be such a great Terrible guest. Thesis. He'd be such he a great, be amazing guest. guest. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to reach out to him. Yo, you know what would be full circle? Mm. It's Barry Ronger. Mm. Well, he's no longer with yeah. us. Why is he no longer with us? Yeah. Yeah. I missed that. Yeah. That was this fairly year. recently. Yeah. This year. What? I completely yeah. missed that. Yeah. It must have been on Facebook. Yeah. No. So that didn't reach that me. Would, yeah, that would be. It would have been lovely. Yeah. He was. Like a hero of mine yeah. uh, when I was a child with his little show that he had on yeah. Mnet. Do you guys remember what that was called? Um, no. I don't remember what I it was called. The Bioscope got featured on, on his, his 702 show. Okay. And so we went into the right. studio and, and chatted to him in the early days of the Bioscope. So it was nice to meet him in real life and, awesome. and chat. Yeah, he, um, he, he, I think he suffered from cancer and I think it was a quiet, private um, okay. thing that he... So it, it came out about a week later. Because mm, he was our celebrity critic. He in was, the 90s yeah. And the yeah. And I would watch his show religiously, and that's where I first saw, I remember, I was like seven or however, when it was, yeah. when I saw Anaconda on his show. And uh, I said to my dad, I'm watching that. He's like, you can't, you're a child. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, all I wanted to watch was movies of monsters eating people, like Deep Blue yeah. Sea, Anaconda, my faves. 
Absolute faves. <laughs> Love that trash. Yeah, well, yeah. And then now Leon Van Europe does a lot of that writing. Um, he's made a couple of films. He writes books. Mm. Old, old Leon, he's a lovely dude. He, he. Mm, um, it's a discussion yeah. I'd like to have again. I, I just love the fact that I could have had five years of film school, where obviously I took in a lot of information and watched a lot of stuff, but only a handful of things kind of stuck in yes. my head. And one yeah. of this was Leon's thing: going, the worst thing that could ever happen is you watch a film and you just forget that you watched it. Yeah. Mm. Just left you cold and you got on with your day and you forgot that you did that in the yeah. morning or last night or whatever. So Parasite, yeah, it can leave you quite like harrowed. It makes you think you're also not quite sure what you watch because it's, it's kind of multiple movies at once. All of a sudden, you know, halfway through the movie, you're in a completely different movie. Yeah. Yeah, that midpoint yeah. is insane. Yeah. In that movie. Yeah. When our old um, house domestic comes back knocking on the door. Right. And you're just like, what? What is happening? Yeah, yeah. just don't see that coming. No. Um, but my it's favorite thing about definitely that definitely a form, movie you should go in, if you haven't seen it. Yes, don't go into it knowing anything. Like, don't look it up before you see it. Yeah, right. try going cold. Yeah, yeah, going absolutely oh, cold. Man, I don't know what's um, what kind of what's the word? Uh, it's not a curse, but I, I seem to land up dating people that like reading synopses before they watch movies. Uh, my one ex around parasites read the entire synopsis and I'm like let's go watch Parasite I was like I know what happens oh, what? No. you mustn't read the synopsis no well, Michael, I mean, Michael does it as well reads uh, he hasn't seen Shawshank so he keeps on saying to me oh let me just read the synopsis no. to Shawshank I'm like don't you dare don't yeah. you dare do well, that well which synopsis like like a, like a teaser synopsis yeah not not a log line yeah like a oh, full you mean synopsis the plot the plot yeah oh fuck no yeah yeah it doesn't make any sense the to only me. time I ever did that purposefully was when with the ex we were in India and we wanted to watch a Bollywood film in Mumbai. That was like something we thought we, would be a cool thing to yeah. do. Nice. So knowing that there's not going to be subtitles for us <laughs> uh, in a cinema in Mumbai, right. we were like, okay, we need to understand exactly what this movie is going to be about. Obviously, a lot of it will just be singing because mm. uh, we wanted to pick the most Bollywood looking one we could do. Mm. And uh, and so that was one of the only times where I purposefully wanted to know what happened, so we could be like, "He's the uncle who's gonna, you know." No, 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 no. That makes and sense. It was a very interesting experience. They they at one point played the national anthem in huh. the cinema, and everyone sang. Huh. So was that in the film? Or? No, before. Wow. So there's like a. So the other thing that was interesting is before every ad, there was like a certificate, like a national certificate. That they had to present. Mm. Like an advertising board of the approval. Adver- yeah. So that was interesting to sort of see this thing up. And then at some point, uh, like a national anthem played and people sang along. Well, and not, then the movie started. I'm not sure if it's in India or if it's somewhere else, but there are countries where if somebody is like smoking on screen in the film, there'll be like a little like thing at the bottom of the screen that's like a health warning. Smoking's bad. Don't smoke. Really? Yeah. Whoa. And with like alcohol and that sort of thing as well. Like in the film, they'll just put it in. Wild. Interesting. Um, okay, so we need to watch that. Mm. Yeah. So let's try and watch that. Talking about um, Bollywood and Indian cinema, have you guys heard of this movie RRR? Yeah. Uh, which looks absolutely fucking insane. It looks bonkers, dude. It looks like craziness. Yeah. Is it coming out or is it really It's, it's on Netflix. Um, and it's like three and a half hours long yeah. or something. And I really want to sit down with some friends, like maybe you It's two. like a historical, epic, musical action it's romance about india's independence from british everything. colonialism or something yeah so it's about two real historical figures who are like freedom fighters during like their independence okay. struggle who never actually met in real life 
Okay. But they're both like these like folk heroes, basically. And so it's like hypothetical of what if these guys like met and came together. Crazy. Yeah. But Apparently in Bollywood, yeah, yeah. I remember in, in the trailer when I saw this dude like ram a truck into this event, this colonialist event. Yeah. And then do like a little side turn. I don't know what those are called. When the vehicle's going in, it skids <laughs> a sideways. Skrr. Yeah, it's a little screw. And then all of a sudden the top is pulled off. And then there's like... 50 cages on yeah. the back of this truck all with like animals and then there's a shot of this dude leaping off the top of the cages and all these animals come out with him in this epic slow-mo shot oh, wow. and then all the animals like maul all the yeah. colonialists and stuff oh, Jesus. but there was the one thing I saw on Twitter uh, was a, a, a recording of Inside an Indian Cinema I was about while this was to playing. say you must look up yes. audience reactions to this yes. film it is it's insane, insane it's just like there were RGB strips around the entire cinema screen. And then in this moment, when they obviously said something in the movie to say, yeah. we're going to go to this character now, everyone in the cinema stands up and starts jumping and waving their arms. <laughs> Confetti spills from what, the ceiling. What, what does you mean by an RGB? So, you know, RGB strips, like when you see PC setups and stuff, they change colors um, in LED strips. So It's like, yeah, LED strips that you can set the color of. So they, yeah. you can set it's like any color that you want, basically. But you get like reactive Where ones. Where are the strips? Around, like around the cinema screen. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's like, remember you were teasing me about my RGB keyboard? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's a keyboard at home that lights up. Exactly. And it can colors. react to your key press or what you're looking at on the screen. But with this, it was reacting to what was on screen, at least yeah. the colors and stuff. So some cinemas have this. Well, in India, apparently. Okay. Yeah. And it's just like, it's the sensory, yeah. like complete overload. And everyone in the cinema was screaming at the top of their lungs. Yeah. I was like, can you imagine? This in South Africa. So what yeah. happened with you saying that? So so it was it was obviously one color stripped around the cinema. Around the screen. Around the screen. Yeah. And then it changed to another color. Yeah, it would like change colors as like, or like, I don't know if it was yeah. in tune with what was happening on well, screen. Well, yeah, I mean, you can get those, those kids for home. You get ones that stick to like the back of your TV so they shine on the wall and it's got a little sensor that goes on the top of the TV so that it like looks at the colors and whatnot that is displaying on your TV and matches the lights to that. I've seen those. Yeah. So and then I'm, your I wall becomes the same, the same like color as what's on screen to uh. like create this extra dimension to yeah. your engagement. Does it, does it make it better? I don't know. I wonder. I don't, know. I don't have that kind of money fan. to waste. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, it feels like a very like sort of TikTok thing. Mm. Yeah. To sort of have the line, the line, the walls of your room for your yeah. TikTok dancers. Yeah. <laughs> can you can you imagine the typical South African? Where it's like, excuse me, could you watch the movie, please? <laughs> <In the laughs> cinema. Yeah. <laughs> But it's called RRR because yes. of the the actor, the two actors and the director all have like R letter R names. Whoa. So it's literally called RRR because of their names. And like the harp around this thing was these two actors and this director like coming together to make a movie. Whoa. Yeah. And they put it in the title. Yeah. Like that's the title of the movie. <laughs> Wild. Okay. All right. And that's available on Netflix now. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's a dubbed version on, on Netflix, if okay. that matters. It's like not in the original I can't remember. Right. I think it's originally in like Tamil or something, and the Netflix one is in Hindi. And some people are like, Mrah. but I'm like, I don't understand the language. I don't know what difference it makes. Yes. I'm going to be watching it with subtitles. Totally. <laughs> okay. Um, and what are we wanting to get into? What are we currently watching? Um, I watched Disenchanted last night, sequel to Enchanted. Uh, yes. Hmm. With Amy Adams. But what is the name of the Simpsons um, animated show that? came out disenchanted as well it was the same name there was a simpsons anime? no well, like the, a the, short. the, the main, no the the so the creators the creators of simpsons oh yes the netflix had a simpsons show. looking yes. cartoon yeah yeah 
And that was also called Disenchanted. Hmm. Yeah. Funny. Okay, but no, but this is on Disney Plus. Disney Plus, This yeah. is a live action. Yes. And it and it is about? So in the previous film, Amy Adams comes from the animated Disney World cliche into mm. New York City with James Marston, who's the prince. Yeah. And they live this fairy tale Disney life. And, and then that's they have called to Enchanted. Adapt. Yeah, that's Enchanted. You haven't seen Enchanted? No. So it's a Disney parody. A 37-year-old male. (laughs) (laughs) I don't watch cartoons. You've got to deconstruct that masculinity, man. (laughs) It's uh, it's a Disney parody. It's a parody of Disney princesses and princes. Okay. Um, In the first one, Susan Sarandon is like the Maleficent, who turns into Uh, a dragon at the end. Um, In this one... When did that come out? That was like 2006. Yeah, it was a while ago. It was ago, a while yeah. ago. Okay. And with score by Alan Menken. So Alan Menken, who uh, scored the Disney Renaissance, yeah. basically. Uh. Um, so it's got that beautiful Disney sound in the cool. music. And the music is amazing. Um, and yeah, this one was mm, not as good. It was a little <laughs> okay. bit disappointing. All right. But it's out now. Yeah. yeah. Are we going to start watching some Christmas movies now? Mm-hmm. You know, no. Does Die Hard count as a Christmas movie? It should. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I we, think we've, it, at the over, it is a Christmas movie. Yeah, we've we've tried to put it on in a few December's. Yeah, even once people started making more of like an internet joke about yeah. it, and um, it, it, the joke's not strong enough for people to like yeah. actually come to the cinema. Uh, so, so those screenings didn't do too well. No, I thought people were going to watch Die Hard regardless of the time of the year. Yeah, like no, the I thought so too. Movie ever it, made. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we we've got to pick um our next our next um video store presents night. Yeah. Mm. We can do it in December. Yeah. We were thinking kiss kiss bang bang. But I still now uh, wonder whether that's a bit too obscure. Yeah. Because people don't think of it as a Christmas movie. Also people like I don't know whether the world's kind of forgotten about it. It was yeah. a great movie. Yeah. Um I was thinking in anime and I was mm-hmm. I was saying that we should do your name. Mm. Just because it's such a great movie. It's yeah. a beautiful it's movie. It's a good movie. Okay, it's I'm so going to look into that and try and get that all sorted. I wonder mm. what's happened with J.J. Abrams's live action no idea. remake. Yeah, because you said he was he optioned it and mm. was going to make this. Okay, so your name, for those who know anime, will know this and probably love it yeah. as, a, as a sort of a modern classic in terms of anime that's come out. But for those who don't know, um, and I can speak on behalf of all of you who don't know anime because I was that person who right. didn't know anime. And this was the first film that I watched with you. Yes. The first uh-huh. anime I watched was was this film with Cole in lockdown. And I was like, I get it. <laughs> totally <laughs> fucking get it. Yeah. For ages I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Whatever yeah. whatever geeks. <laughs> like uh, I can't really get this. Oh no, I sh- no, I watched Grave of the Fireflies at Varsity. Okay, and okay. I was like, that, that that gave me a good taste of it, mm. but um, perhaps not anything sort of new and contemporary. Mm. Um, and it is such an amazing film. Mm. It is such an amazing film that, um, and you were saying that J.J. Um, Abrams, who's big big shot Hollywood director who did Star Wars and Star Trek and all of that stuff, was going to make a, a feature, a live action feature of this mm, film, yeah. but then got a bit side railed by. Rise of Skywalker, I think. By, by doing Star oh, Wars. Yeah. Also, I don't think he was going to direct it. I think he was producing. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it's I such a great I think it may movie. have been Mark Webb who was going to direct it. Interesting. Love Mark Webb. I think. 
Mm. I mean, his Spider-Man movies were terrible, but other than that... His character stuff was so good in those Spider-Man movies. Which Spider-Man movie? Uh, Amazing Spider-Man, the Andrew Garfield one. Okay, I want to go on a tangent here. Yeah? We've obviously all seen Spider-Man No Way Home, right? Yeah, we've seen it. Did that movie either change your mind or cement for you who's the best Spider-Man? Oh. Oh, because that was the last one where all of the Spider-Mans came together. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm going to fall into the category of don't give a fuck. Really? (laughs) Okay, amazing. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good position to take. (laughs) Um, but perhaps if I had to choose, um, maybe Holland. All right. I think it's going to be Holland for me as well. Really? Yeah. I think Tobey Maguire's movies are the best ones. Yeah. But Garfield's the best Spider-Man. Mm. He's the guy who like seems to want it the most and has like the most enthusiasm for it. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. He's just but like he's the got most the most enthusiasm about everything. Right? Yeah. As an actor. Oh my God. Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And um, have you watched that other little little indie gem on Netflix called Tick, Tick, Boom? No. No. Oh, it is goody. About the guy that wrote Rents. That's the reason yeah. I haven't watched it. Because I fucking hate Rent. It's got, no, it's got <laughs> almost nothing to do with Rent. Okay, good. So yeah, based, it's a musical so, before Rent. So Back of the Box <sighs> is Tick, Tick, Boom is about the guy who is a theater maker, a musical theater maker, who um, went on to make Rent. Yeah. Um but just before Rent, uh, he made this other one called Tick, Tick, Boom. But the film is about his mm. his development, him trying to make this crazy over-the-top thing that didn't do well. And then he made this Tick, Tick, Boom, which sort of really had him figure his voice out. He was It's all about him sort of struggling as a, as a 30-something, having a vision, having a dream, having a goal, and just f- struggling to make it happen. Mm. And you see his struggle. And then he finally kind of figures it out through tick tick boom, and um, and then you know that from this he then went on to make rent, yeah. which became this Broadway sensation. Yeah. But he famously died as yeah. Rent went on. Mm-hmm. He died like a week after it it started, so he never actually saw the full extent of his success. Which wow, is, which how is did he pass away? Not 100% sure. Okay. And I don't even know whether it even is incredibly clear. Mm. Um, I just made the connection that Team America was ripping off Rent. Yeah. When they sang Mm. Everyone Has AIDS. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And the play play that they put on was called Lease. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Team America is is incredible. That that could also get a um, a rewatch or or some kind of rescreening at the bioscope. Totally. It's so smart. It's so lovely, <laughs> and so problematic. Oh yeah, but in such in such a lovely way. Yeah. <laughs> apparently the the, the, the puppet yeah. the puppet sex scene. Apparently there was f- even more that they just had to cut out. They just couldn't include. <laughs> Did you guys? They also hated making that movie. Oh, if you listen to Matt Stone stru- and Trey Parker talking struggled. about they hated making that film. It sounds like it's a great idea on paper, yeah. and then when they started making it, it was the hardest thing yes. ever to do. Like literally, one of them was like, "I would rather kill my mother than make another movie with puppets." <laughs> Jesus. Well, someone was telling me about the... Oh, no, I was listening to... Yeah. Oh, okay. I got to know guys who put together the magazine Little White Lies, which is a full magazine. Okay. And they were talking about their interview with Wes Anderson mm. just after Isle of Dogs, or oh, during okay. Isle of Dogs, which is a stop-motion animation, which is kind of similar to this puppet. Well, the puppet's actually even a little easier because you actually get to do yeah, it. They're, they're like marionette puppets in that film. They actually move yeah. in real life where yeah. stop motion is painful. And they yeah. said 
you know, Wes Anderson was basically working on other things at the time. He would mm. come in in the morning, set it up, get a plan, cool. See them at the end of the yeah. day. I mean, it takes like four or five years to takes, make. It just takes so long mm, to yeah. make it that he would just pop in every now and again. And they're, yeah, they're doing like two or like two seconds of animation in a day. <laughs> yeah, it's Jesus. Wow. wow. Yeah. So you almost think he's like not there, mm. but he but he doesn't need to be because yeah. it just takes so long to make these things. Yeah. It's also like Tim Burton like almost had nothing to do with Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. People think yeah. it's like his movie. Yeah. It's just the producer. Yeah. Yeah. It was his original story. And then I think he popped in once or twice. Yeah. yeah. Is that other dude who made it? The guy Henry we know to make. Yeah. Yeah. What's his did name? Cor- Henry Selick. Henry Selick. He did Coraline. And he's got a new movie on Netflix now. Yeah. The Jordan um, Peele yeah. produced one. Yeah. Yeah. What's that one called? Um, I think it's called Wendell and Wild. Okay. I don't know what it's about. Because when, when Coraline, Coraline came out, it was like, from the director of Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. And you're like... Okay, just say Tim Burton. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh, it wasn't. Yeah. Yes. And you're like, oh shit, because they actually say it. Tim Burton's a nightmare before yeah. Christmas. Yeah. But it's crazy that there was this other guy involved. Mm. All right, I think we need to get back to work. Yeah. What are we um, going to watch more of? I have no idea. I haven't okay, got anything. Okay, on my we're going to we're going to try and watch Triangle of Sadness. Yes. Mm-hmm. Out there in cinemas, and and lovely. Yeah. Nice to see you guys. Yeah. Likewise. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Boy. <laughs> All right. What a lovely chat. As I said, nice, short and sweet and hopefully uh, something interesting. I know I learned a lot uh, from chatting about things like the Hayes Code and and um, and all that. So thank you for tuning in. We are the videostore.co.za. If you want to share the love, please rate and review. Join our chats over on Facebook and on Instagram. All the links are at thevideostore.co.za. One little point in the cash-up. The Simpsons-esque TV show that I was talking about was Disenchantment as opposed to Disenchanted, which is the film we spoke about. Disenchantment is on Netflix and is surprisingly um, very good. Um, But surprisingly is perhaps the wrong word because Futurama was great Simpsons is great so I take that back not surprisingly good just good all right uh thank you for tuning in and we will see you soon